Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our meditation this morning is taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 34. Listen again to verse 20. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin on his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. So far, our text. In 1505, Pope Julius II commissioned Michelangelo to design and carve a massive marble statue of Moses. The statue depicted Moses descending the second time from Mount Sinai, holding the two Ten Commandment tablets. But this particular work of Michelangelo has been surrounded by controversy for 500 years. The reason, well, check out the two horns growing from Moses' head. Pretty weird, right? Totally weird, until you put one little old word from our text under a microscope. And our text tells us that the skin of Moses' face shone because he was talking with God. And the Hebrew word for shown is kweran, which can be translated two ways. Number one, to send out rays. Or number two, to display or grow or send out horns. It's as if the ancients were trying to come up with a word to describe when, when something would emanate or radiate you know, from someone's head. All right, and so it's almost as if Michelangelo had to choose between trying to carve either rays of light or horns of light emanating from our man Moses, and he settled on the easier of the two. Rays of light or horns of light. Interesting, but it really doesn't matter, does it? What does matter is that something mind-boggling took place on top of that mountain. Moses, a mere man, a lowly human being, and a sinful creature at that, stood in the divine presence of the holy and almighty and omnipotent creator of the universe, Moses, who could have reached out and touched the awesomeness of God he survives. He survives being exposed to the glory of God Almighty, and he lives to tell about it. Now remember, this is the same glory that in our gospel lesson radiates from Jesus, the Son of God, on that mountaintop like a nuclear bomb or a supernova. It's the same glory of God that Revelation tells us will provide both power and light to the heavenly new Jerusalem for all eternity. It's the same glory of God emitted by those Christmas angels and made the shepherds sore afraid. It's the same glory of God that covered Sinai's hill as the Israelites cowered below with their noses in the dirt. Well, let me tell you something about God's glory. When you see it, when you feel it, when you experience it firsthand, not only are you blown away, but something happens. It changes you. 
you're never the same again. When I was a kid, and this is one of those sermon illustrations that will scream too many candles on the birthday cake, but when I was a kid, the hottest toy on the market was anything glow in the dark. And I managed to accumulate quite a treasure trove of glow in the dark uh, items. I had Super Balls and a Frisbee and a Nerf football and a squirt gun and, and some luminescent stars. I think I taped to the ceiling uh, in my room. But glow in the dark toys were the products of phosphor technology which mixes zinc sulfide or strontium aluminate into the plastic making process. And, and phosphors, they radiate light, but only after they've been charged, usually holding the toy up to a light bulb for a while. Well, on that long ago mountain, Moses was exposed to the phosphor-like power and energy of God's glory, and it changed him. Gee, do you think? I mean, it changed the way he thought about God and felt about God, believed in God, worshiped God, served God, the whole nine yards. Now think about this, because years earlier, God's burning bush glory changed Moses too from being a lowly shepherd to a bona fide national hero who rescued at least 500,000 Israelites from the most powerful pharaoh and nation on earth. And what happens in our text on Mount Sinai was burning bush glory times 10. And Moses was not the same. And this time, he even looks different. Behold, the skin of his face shone, and the people were afraid to come near him. Just like a glow-in-the-dark Super Bowl charged by the light bulb, the face of Moses had been supercharged by the glory of God. So much so that he didn't just glow in the dark. Moses glowed in the daytime, too, and it scared the beans out of anyone who saw it. And so, this is why Moses had to wear a mask, didn't he? And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. And, and the mask on the screen, if you can't read it, it says, technically Moses was the first man to download files from the cloud using a tablet. Are you seeing where I'm stepping this morning? Moses had to wear a mask. Well, that sounds familiar now, doesn't it? But not because he had come into contact with uh, some kind of virus, but because he had come into contact with and had become totally infected and charged and changed by the glory of God. But get this now, Moses didn't wear his mask all the time. Here's what was going on. There are several occasions where God would instruct Moses face to face, not just that one time on Mount Sinai, 
God would explain not only the Ten Commandments, but all the laws and guidelines that God was now laying down for this new people of his, this new nation. And then Moses would pass all the instructions on uh, to the people. But whenever Moses taught or preached or explained things, he took his mask off. Well, why did he do that? Well, if I suddenly glowed like Split Rock Lighthouse in the middle of the night, each time I climbed into the pulpit and did a Bible study, wouldn't you pay attention to me? You wouldn't be checking your cell phones like you are right now. And the glory of God that was left over on Moses' face, it reminded the people that what Moses was saying from them came from God. And they listened. It, it, it wasn't like, you know, when you, you and I, we, we forget our mask of going into Sam's Club or, or Target. How many times uh, have you done that? No, there were times when Moses forgot his mask on purpose. He wanted people to see God's glory. There's a couple of things I want you to think about before we end the sermon. And the first one is this. Do you realize that just like Moses, just like anything exposed to a phosphor, you have been exposed to, and you have been charged, and you have been changed by God's glory? You have. Your first exposure took place as you were baptized, as the Holy Spirit plucked you out of the darkness of this world and put you into the arms of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Jesus charged your brand new faith with forgiveness and power and heaven, and you were changed. You were made part of Christ's own family, and after that point, you radiated Christ's love and power. Your second exposure takes place every time you come to the Lord's Supper. That's when the Holy Spirit recharges your faith once again with the glory of cross-bought forgiveness and, and real power over temptation in your life and the Easter proven promise of eternal life. Charged and changed by your Savior's body and blood and forgiveness and you radiate again his love and his power. And exposure number three happens every time you plug yourself in to God's word. Again, that's how the Holy Spirit connects you to God's glory as you learn over and over again just how much God loves you and he's never going to stop loving you. And as you learn how to live your life for him, you're charged and you're changed one more time. last point now this morning and it comes via a question and the question is this are you shiny are you glowing in stark contrast to the darkness of this world and isn't it a dark place these days depressing drives me crazy but is there a brightness about you is there a brilliance living in your heart and shining in your eyes is there There should be. 
Because hasn't the Holy Spirit been exposing you and saturating you with the glory of God through word and sacrament for quite some time? Do you radiate love and beauty and power and the peace of Jesus Christ? When people see you, do they see the glory of God? Or are you covering that glory up with some kind of mask? Maybe it's the mask of fear, because Christians are being ridiculed these days more than I can ever remember in my lifetime. But fear not, for the mighty God of Moses walks by your side. Or maybe it's a mask of doubt, not knowing how to answer whenever your faith is challenged. But doubt not, because this God of yours has promised to always put the right words upon your lips and in your heart. Or maybe it's the mask of smallness, wondering how little old you could possibly make a difference uh, for Jesus. But don't you know that God loves to use small things to do mighty things for his kingdom, like a shepherd boy named Dave and a fisherman named Pete and a teenage Jewish girl named Mary? Nah, this week, do a Moses. Ditch the mask. Leave it in your car. You've been exposed and charged and changed by the glory of God. This week, lose the mask and let everyone see God's glory shining in you. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.